welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Other Identity. I am, of course, am one of your hosts, Robbie Landis, a.k.a. The Great Landis. And along with me, as always, without fail, Professor Awesome, Ben Morris. Always ben. in attendance. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's that's my superpower. Perfect attendance. I am oh always here. Hey, I want everyone to know that uh, Robbie has a new tagline. You know, at the end of the show, he says, uh, tune in next week, same other identity time, same other identity channel. His new beginning of the show tagline is, I should probably be recording. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great. Cool. <laughs> I think it's an important tagline to have because it, it, people it are is. not going to hear us otherwise. You know... Someday, I mm. am going to find mm-hmm. a way to launch our 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 uh, uh, other identities into an actual comic book. The Great Landis and Professor Awesome one day will right. be an actual comic book, and I want yeah. you to know that while my character will actually have real powers, I'll have nothing. Perfect attendance. You'll be in mm-hmm. every issue. That will I'll be, be your in every issue as long as I'm in every issue. I don't care. Man. Look, there have been there's a proud tradition of sidekicks without powers in comics. Wait, hold on. Did you just talking... admit that you're my sidekick? I thought that was that was like your your that was your decision I've weeks never, ago. I've never called you a sidekick. I'm not a sidekick. There is a <laughs> proud tradition of characters in comics, whether it's Batman, Captain America, or classic Golden Age uh, supporting character Fat Man. There's one for you. I looked that up. Um, <laughs> who have no powers, and in fact, in some instances, are even less. But yes, thank you for thank you for agreeing that this is an equal partnership. This is more Batman and Nightwing than Batman and Robin, and we're off to the races. <laughs> All right. So yeah, uh, obviously, you know, quarantine technically still going on. Is it um, really? Was I, there ever a time when quarantine wasn't going on? I mean, this this entire show feels like a quarantine special at this point. Yeah, and, and and I think it does depend on where you are. I know that sure. some places have started to lift. Well, um, here actually, in Michigan, we're yeah. still officially under quarantine until the fifteenth. Here in Vegas, the casinos opened yesterday, so that uh-huh. is a big deal. And as if, as if uh, at perfect timing, we had an earthquake. So the casinos opened, That's and we, scary. yeah, it was a minor one. It was nothing to worry about. But it was just so funny because I was seeing a lot of uh, on my my timeline on Twitter from people in Vegas be like. Well, we shouldn't open the casinos. They, we, we had a natural disaster as a result. Like this is, this is, this is God's judgment or whatever. So it was interesting. Well, regardless of if you are still under quarantine or not, uh, there's obviously still there's a lot going on in the world right now. So please, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, be safe. Uh, make sure that you are looking out for those closest to you, your friends, your family, your community, and uh, you know just just err on the side of caution. And, and be safe in, yeah. in all things that you do. Be intelligent. Make good choices. That doesn't mean being silent about injustices going on in the world, mm-hmm. but it means doing it in a way that uh, that's going to keep you safe and keep your family safe because we want you to be here to enjoy the things that are good for years to come. That's right. So, uh, you know, usually this is the point where we update uh, on, on the villains bracket that mm. we have, uh, that we used to have going. Right. But since Ultron's Ultron. victory over Magneto, yes. uh, we don't really get to talk about that anymore. So, uh, But you're going to bring it know. up every week, I'm assuming. <laughs> For a little while. Yeah, For a right. little while. We'll I see. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the past few times you've also asked, you know, what are we currently reading right now? Obviously, right. Uh, we're doing the Blackest Night read, which... I finished weeks ago. <laughs> You're still in the middle of I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm in the middle of it. I'm like still on the, still fr- at the beginning. I'm at the yeah. front third very much. And then, um, yeah. What else are you reading though? Besides, uh, besides the blackest night stuff, like, like anything that, uh, that's been standing out to you recently. Blackest night. I just finished up the first arc of Nightwing for, uh, our DC rebirth era challenge. I was very impressed by, I want to say the art 
for um, Nightwing, which is by a gentleman named mm-hmm. Javier Fernandez, who I was not familiar with before. His combination of, like, his art is very scratchy, and to me, that's like the Gotham yep. vibe, which is great, but because Dick Grayson is, like, the bright character of the Gotham set, him and Batgirl, I appreciated that Chris Sotomayor, who's a great colorist, really balanced, like, you have bright blues, reds, and oranges kind of tinging Javier Fernandez's art, so I really really enjoyed that um the story was fine i i told you my thoughts about it i'm mm-hmm. not i need i know you said there's twists coming up and i could see that but like i just don't i don't care enough about raptor not in the same way i cared about say godspeed in the flash arc where when they did something with him i'm like okay i care that they're doing something here with yeah, raptor I'm just, like, yeah, I'm just like yeah i'm just like he's he's an empty shell for me at this point and i need i need something more from him and it was only four issues long which didn't help either yep yep no i uh, i 100 get it and you know speaking of the art style too i think that that's probably one of the things that i appreciate the most going through the reading list mm-hmm. and you know swapping to a different title you know from anywhere from one to seven you know every other seven issues is the diversity in art style you know whether it's batman or whether you're going to superman or the nightwing or the birds of prey or right. batgirl or right now i i just started mother panic like Ooh, okay the the art styles can be so diverse, and it's just it's, it's so amazing and so cool to see these different styles. Uh, for me, the, uh, what I think has, has stood out to me the most this past week that I've been reading is I finally, finally, I've been looking forward to it ever since we started the reading list because, you know, every single comic has, you know, when you're going through the first few pages, the... Uh, the yeah, little advertisement, for, yeah. For, for other ones, but I've been looking forward to Supergirl this whole time. I oh, found yeah. I the first arc. And I absolutely love it. And yep. and, and it, it might be one of my favorites so far, or at least have the most potential. Um, because unlike in the CW show, which is where the majority of my uh, knowledge and experience with Supergirl comes from, um, in this comic in Rebirth, she's a, a student. She's been placed into high school. Right. And I immediately started getting Ultimate Spider-Man vibes right. from it. And I'm just, I'm so excited to be able to dive deeper into into that world and into that character. And uh, there's there's just a lot of really cool stuff there that uh, that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I've never really understood with the Supergirl CW show, which by all means is, is a good show, but I never really understood the choice to make her kind of in her 20s because to me, Supergirl works better if she's in high school. Like that is just, that's baked into the character for me. She's one of those characters who's, she's Superman's kid cousin. She's not his, you know, 20-something cousin going through college and experiencing that stuff. So so I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that one myself. I did want to touch on what you said about the art styles, just because that's something I'm finding really refreshing about Rebirth, that here it is. Here's the weekly, uh, the weekly time where I, where I uh, complain about the New 52, which is years <laughs> old at this point. But that was one of the things when they did New 52. The old 52. The old 52 we'll at this point, yeah. But when they did New 52, it looked very samey. Like, everything looked the same. You would have... The occasional standout book, like Wonder Woman really stood out because Cliff Chang's art was very distinct. But you had a lot of like almost a DC house style. And I know that's something both Marvel and DC have done several times over the years where you just get, you get kind of one person who's defining it. In this case, I think it was Jim Lee, who's a fantastic artist, obviously. But everyone trying to look like Jim Lee does not create this diverse and interesting universe for me. Whereas with Rebirth, as you just pointed out... Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, they all look different. And that is fun and exciting to me because that's to me of like, I look forward to them showing up, 
in each other's books because I want to see what Green Lantern looks like when he's teaming up with Batgirl. Um, I want to see when the Justice League comes together, how whoever's drawing Justice League marries all these different characters. So I think that's a good thing, and I'm glad that you noticed that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it was uh, definitely very hard to notice again, you know, when you, at least when you're doing the reading list. I don't know if it would have stood out to me as much right. if I was reading everything uh, at know, once. title by mm-hmm. title at once. Yes, yeah. But you said something very interesting there uh, and how it's important to have a diverse universe with a lot of different stories being told. And I want you to hold on to that Holding. as we go into our next segment here in just a minute. What we're talking about today on the show is death in comics Mm -hmm. what are the best deaths when are they best used and should a death be permanent in order to retain its meaning and its impact that's coming up next on the other identity Hey, what's up? I'm Robbie from Checkpoint XP. And I'm Jake from the Overwatch League casting team. And together, we're your hosts of the Owl's Nest. With the Overwatch League up and running again, we'll be bringing you all the latest from the League and within Overwatch. But it's important that we all do our part to flatten the curve by staying home during the COVID-19 outbreak. So stay home. Stay healthy. And we'll see you every Friday night on the Owl's Nest before the Overwatch League weekend. Check it out at the Checkpoint XP YouTube channel or at CheckpointXP.com. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team, or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the other identity. Uh, I don't know how heavy this discussion is about to get, right. but the subject matter is some pretty heavy stuff. Uh, we're talking about death in comics today. Uh, specifically, this particular conversation was uh, spurred on actually a few weeks ago on Twitter. So if you aren't yet, you should be following us over at Checkpoint XP on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Robbie underscore Landis CP and Ben J-M-O-R-S-E, so that you can get in early on conversations like this and maybe even help to influence the show. But uh, we were talking about the death of Barry Allen, mm-hmm. which to you uh, is one of the best stories, best death, best death stories, but both in all of comics. It's, you want to you know, kind of give your, your, your thoughts there? To me, it's the best death in comics um, okay. because of the storytelling because of the character arc, but mostly because of the scope. Um, to me, we've talked about it on the show before. We did a Crisis episode. We did a Flash episode. But Barry Allen sacrifices himself against the Anti-Monitor to save the entire multiverse. Basically, every DC character, every DC world, everyone is saved by the fact that Barry Allen chooses to give his life. And this became kind of the defining moment of the character because... In the 80s, I, I wasn't reading comics in the 80s because I was a kid, but from what I understand, just being somewhat of a comic book historian, Barry Allen had, no pun intended, kind of run his course by 1986, and I know that his series had been canceled. Uh, not a lot of people were as high on Barry as they had been 
10, 20 years earlier when he was a very vital character. So to me, the idea of, well, he's not serving us much by being alive, but what a great story to tell with Barry Allen sacrificing himself to save the universe. And then the story that comes next of Wally West becoming the Flash, of all the other Justice League heroes deciding whether or not we're going to accept this new Flash. There was a lot of story potential. So to me, the reason it stands out, there's there's been many times, believe me, I grew up in the 90s, so I know all about killing off characters for shock value. and just Which has been done a lot. <laughs> exactly, and just because. To me, this was different. This was, this is the best thing we can do with this character, is to end his story and use it to spur on different stories. It wasn't, because when they kill off, you know, when Batman dies or when Captain America dies, you know they're coming back because they're still at the height of their popularity. You're just killing them as part of a stunt. But with Barry Allen, and one I know you're going to talk about, I think there was a long-term plan of, all right, this is going to stick for a while, and we're going to get some really good stories out of it. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and uh, you you see a very similar thing happen when you look at sort of the business side of that. When mm-hmm. it comes to the the Ultimate Universe, for me, I think one of the best death stories is the death of Spider Man in the Ultimate Universe. When uh, you know Peter gives his life defending Aunt May mm-hmm. and and Mary Jane against uh, the uh, Green Goblin, Green Goblin, yeah. and a few other uh, you know uh, uh, villains that had also showed up there as well. And, you know, you, you get to see, A, the effect that it has overall on, on the entire universe. And, and to me, the best issue and some of the best panels from that were actually uh, the the funeral, like yeah. after the, the, the death itself. Um, there's a scene where as Aunt May is walking into the funeral home, this little girl over on the, you know, side, you know, where everyone's gathered. All oh, I love that scene. I love that asks, scene. Yeah. Asks, are you are you Spider-Man's uh, mom, basically? And, and she's kind of taken back, doesn't really know what to do. And mm-hmm. then she's like, you know, do you make him his pancakes? Because my mom makes me pancakes. Right. And the little girl turns, you see that, you know, she has uh, her face is scarred up from a burn that she was rescued from uh, a fire by Spider-Man. Uh, you get the great moment where Captain America goes up to apologize to Aunt May, and she just slaps the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, all of that stuff is so great, and obviously it, it also made way for Miles Morales mm-hmm. to, to take over the mantle. Now, I think this is all, uh, also a, a bit different, too, uh, because Marvel has multiple timelines going on right. all the time, so Spider-Man and Peter Parker was still around. He was still having amazing story potential out there, and to me, none of that took away from the sacrifice that was made by Ultimate Spider-Man, what it, it it paved the way for, and the emotions that it invoked. So one of the questions that I had for you, and one of the things that I really wanted to, to discuss here, is you are still of the belief that Barry should have stayed dead. Right. I'm very much of that belief. I will say this. I've softened in recent years just because I think there's been so many good Barry stories, whether in the comics or on the TV show. If Barry had come back and there hadn't have been any good stories to tell, I would have been very, I would have remained very resentful um, of the fact that I feel like we're being deprived of good stories that could be told with Wally or about Barry's legacy, but we're not getting them because Barry's back. Um, yeah, I do have a problem. Ultimately, though, if you ask me, would I like, do I want Barry Allen dead or alive? The, the murky thing is with New 52 and Flashpoint and Rebirth and everything, it feels like it's a different story if that makes sense. Like, it's not that one continuous story that started in the 40s and has been going on till today. So I don't feel as strongly as I did that Barry must be dead because I feel like this universe, at this point, Barry's been alive more than he's been dead. But there was a time when he came back initially that I was like, well, 
that really undermines his sacrifice. If he's just able to come back and we're not get, and we're going to see everyone be like, oh, well, you know, and, and it really lessens the impact of future deaths, too, because if Barry Allen, who had this epic death and was gone for 20 years, can then come back, then why am I supposed to buy into stories being told about any sort of sacrifice? Because they See, can all be. I, I don't. I don't think that it's as clear cut as that, though. Because okay. I think obviously, obviously, it all comes down to how well it's being written. Right. I mean, I mean, it, it always does. I'm not yeah. going to say that on one side or the other that every death should be final mm-hmm. or that no deaths should be final. And what I think I appreciated about Barry and what I think, even very early on, even though he he may have been gone for 20 years, what I think the original intent was, and maybe this has been said somewhere, and so you can correct me, right? <laughs> but. You know, uh, he he did it. He he was absorbed into the Speed Force, right. is, is what we yes. found out, and so yes. he was able to be taken back out of it. And the fact that when he died in the original Crisis, you know, his body we saw sort of withered away and vanished, but his uniform was still in pristine shape and condition. I am of the opinion myself that the idea was always that that's what happened. He was absorbed into Speed Force. That eventually, when and if they wanted to they could bring him back. You're not wrong because Marv Wolfman, who's the writer of Crisis and Infinite Earths, has said multiple times that he left a back door open intentionally for them to be able to bring Barry back. But I think the logistics is not what bothers me. The idea that he could have survived is not what bothers me. What bothers me is the stories, like I said, and the characters that I feel get handicapped by Barry being there. Specifically, the fact that, to me, Wally West was such an interesting and unique story in the sense that no other sidekick had ever graduated to being the full hero. If you know That's what I mean. That's you, yes. you, yep, you would see things like Dick Grayson taking over as Batman for a year, but you knew Bruce Wayne was coming back. With Wally, there was a genuine sense that... Barry is gone and Wally is the Flash and no long, no matter how long Wally is the Flash, no matter how many times he saved the universe, he will always be somewhat in the shadow of Barry Allen uh, as long as Barry is gone. But then when Barry comes back, it displaces Wally because now what is Wally? He's can't be a, he can't go back to being a sidekick. He can't go back to being Kid Flash. And you see similar problems with with characters like Bucky and Sam Wilson over in the Captain America sphere, but it's like what do you do with Wally West once Barry is back? And that, I admittedly, that is a very myopic view of it. I'm coming at it from, I'm a fan of Wally West. I want him to have good stories. You could argue, and you did pretty eloquently on Twitter, that for the larger DC universe, it might be better for Barry to be back because there's stories to be told there. But looking well, at not, it- not just on Barry's side, but even with Wally, you know, you had just said that that Wally obviously, yes, he graduated, mm-hmm. you know, to being the Flash, and even in I think it was uh, uh, the the Return of the Flash uh, uh, when Barry Return of Barry first Allen. came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it was actually Amber Thon. Spoilers, but you know, Wally always had this this uh, I, I think the struggle within him of whether or not he was living up to. Barry's name, right? Right. And I think that Barry coming back was obviously yes, it's great for Barry Allen, and it opens up a whole avenue of stories for him now. But I think that that also allowed Wally to truly escape Barry's shadows and really start to accept for himself that I'm I'm the Flash, and I get to be my own Flash. And and you brought up you know the fact that that he's the first sidekick to become the hero, and I think that with Barry coming back that helped to really cement that in there is now no longer a question mm-hmm. because even the flash is saying you're the flash now right. as well and 
uh, uh, what was it? it was I believe Titans Annual one or two. Great story. Right, you've talked take, about this before. Yes, they, they they take Superman or not Superman. I'm sorry, Wonder Woman, Batman, the Flash, and Aquaman, and, and put they're... them you know into a situation with their respective sidekicks. And you see the way that all of them, in one way or another, look down on their sidekicks, and even on Wally as a quote unquote sidekick. But it's Barry that's like. You're not mm-hmm. like you are the Flash, right? And I, I just think for for me, and and we'll talk about this more in our next segment as well. It's all about consequences, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about whether someone's dying or whether they're coming back. What story does that lead to? And I think at least in Barry's case, and in, in in my opinion, I think that we've gotten a lot more out of him, both for him and for those around him, coming back than we did if he were just have stayed dead. I do think we've gotten a lot of good stories about him. I think he's been resurging as a character, but I will push back that I think, even though you give a good example of a story where, you know, he tells Wally he's not a sidekick, etc. I think on the whole, in the decade or so since Barry has been back, there has not been a lot of great Wally stories because as much as in-universe... You think that's because Wally is back? Because Barry or, is or, back. I'm, I'm sorry, because Barry's back, you think that, that he's stolen the good Wally stories? I think or, that or there's not... In what way does he stop them? I think that there's not good Wally stories taking place because a big part of Wally's story is him being unique. If he's, if we have another Flash right over here on the other side, he's not as unique. You need, I, I, as much as like in universe, Barry can say, yeah, we're equals. If Barry Allen is the star of the Flash ongoing series and Barry Allen is the Flash in the Justice League, no matter how many times writers have Barry say on panel, yes, Wally, you're my equal readers and creators are not going to see them as being equals. And that is just my point is that that, and and we've veered off here. It's this has become less of a death discussion (laughs) and more of a flash discussion, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But just as someone who always loved Wally West and and I'll, and I'll kick it also to the other thing is that I have no problem as much as, you know, I don't love Hal Jordan. I have no problem with him being back because I don't think he had a great death to begin with. Uh, I don't think he had this beautiful send-off that they're undoing. And also, the other thing is, I think we've talked about this on our Green Lantern episode, people have been very good about finding things for Kyle to do, for John to do, for Guy to do, even with Hal as the star of the Green Lantern series. But I do think, with some exceptions, like the Titan story you mentioned, Wally has floundered over the last several years. And at the end of the day... It, it it's it's a me thing versus a broader thing in the larger sense the dc universe is doing fine with barry allen as the flash and he has great stories across multimedia and people like yourself who didn't grow up with wally as the flash it doesn't bother you as much which is totally fine because i was in the same boat with a lot of characters where i didn't care that some of the characters that people grew up with the 80s were gone because i didn't have that investment but i do think for people who grew up with wally or who got in not grew up with but got invested in wally it's hard to see barry as the spotlight flash and think there's still a place no, for I, wally. and, and I, I i get that and, and and i think that that's more uh because because you're right you know even thinking back to rebirth mm-hmm. now i mean you know we 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 see wally either in barry's stories or right. we see him when we read about titans, titans. yep but wally was basically even though he is the flash and he's not a sidekick anymore right. he's still been relegated by dc back into a supporting character exactly role mm-hmm. and uh you know maybe that's that that's 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 more on dc you know they have a great character here maybe they just need to have a little bit more 
confidence in in their writers to to take Wally yeah. and and put him into his own story. You know, the same way that Nightwing has his own sure. line of books now. Batgirl has her own line. You know, yep. Wally should get his own line as well. You don't have to sell me on that. And I'm not. Bla- <laughs> and I just to, just to close out the segment, I'm not blaming Barry Allen because Robbie. I want to be clear. Barry Allen is a fictional character. I'm aware. Thank you. Just want to let you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about how it's really kind of the same conversation here, but we're going to take this uh, out of the pages of the comics and talk about the way that uh, deaths have unfolded uh, on screen, be that in TV or in movies, and whether or not uh, there's any difference there. We'll be right back for the other identity. Hey, what's up? It's James. And Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint XP. You don't have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video games. Interviews from the biggest professionals and your everyday gamers. We've got you covered at Checkpoint XP. Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody. Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio. Find out where we're playing in your hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint XP. Your home for esports and gaming. Got it that time. Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us here on The Other Identity. If you haven't already, you know what I'm going to say? I think so, but I want to hear you say it. I'm not going to encourage you to check social media because I've already done that. Hey, Instead, done I'm that. going to encourage you to share this episode with a friend. If you haven't yet, listen to The Other Identity with a friend. See if you can get them in on all the fun here. So uh, we're talking about uh, character deaths today in in the world of comics, in the world of superheroes, how that affects us, You know what some of our favorites are. And uh, we just got done with a lengthy conversation mm-hmm, that you're mm-hmm. right did veer a little bit more towards. That's okay. I think it was still Barry an interesting conversation. It was. Yep. Uh, and so you know now we're going to talk about it in the sense of movies and uh, and TV shows. And now while it doesn't necessarily have to specifically be superhero or comic book related, I'm going to go with what I think one of the best examples are most recently, and in, in which I know even with fans is uh, uh, very divided as well, and that is the death and subsequent resurrection of Agent Phil Coulson in uh, the first Avengers movie and in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Joss Whedon himself has came out and said that he feels like it undermines what happened in the movie. Right. Uh, but, and, and you know, w- w- once upon a time, even with the Barry stuff, I, I think that I may have agreed with you that if you undo a death that it somehow lessens it right. but over over the years and, and i think specifically because of agents of shield i don't think that that's the case because i don't think that that you undo what happened in the moment right mm-hmm. to, to, to to draw a little bit of a metaphor a little bit of a parallel uh to real life that everyone should be able to get you know as a kid I think we all have a memory of, like, the worst time that we ever got in trouble for something. And and maybe even some of us have. Maybe we got in trouble for something that we didn't actually do, right? Uh-huh. And being blamed for something, getting that punishment, it feels horrible. And even afterwards at some point, if, you know, you are able to prove your innocence or, or, or you're apologized to or whatnot, it doesn't take away the sting of that memory. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually 
undo what happened, right? And specifically with the way that Phil Coulson was resurrected, this goes back to to what I think the most important thing is. You shouldn't be bringing people back just for the sake of bringing no, them back. No, you need a plan. There, well, not just a plan, but there should also be consequences to it, sure. right? Okay. And 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 especially in in Coulson's case, in Agents of Shield, I'm not going to try and recap all sorts of stuff. We'll eventually have an Agents of Shield episode, hopefully at some point. Ooh, uh. Um, but there were real consequences to the way that he was brought back and why he was brought back. And and for me. Comic death is no different than any other sort of plot arc or any sort of plot point or hook in any story, really. Mm-hmm. If there's reasons, if there's consequence, if there's a story there, there's no blanket reason that should ever be uh, you know, put out there on why you can't or can't or shouldn't do it, rather. I don't disagree with that. I, think, I, I don't think there should be a blanket you can't do this kind of rule. I think it's hard to use Coulson's death specifically just because we do have the body of work of like several seasons of shield that would not have taken place had they not brought Coulson back. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have like retroactively a lot of value on, well, here's, here's what we gained by having him back. I do think what the original argument was before agents of shield started, right? If you, if you, if you were at the cusp of agents of shield, you had had his death in Avengers and you were told, Hey, we're going to bring him back. I think you might have a different reaction to, because you're not sure if it's going to work out or not. All you know is I that I don't it's... know. The original trailer when they're interviewing Grant Ward and like Coulson comes out from the shadows and says, "Welcome to level 8." I squealed. Like 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 a little girl. Well, I mean, your little girl squealing aside, I think the other problem we have to uh the other problem the problem with the Coulson thing for me is this. Um and I don't even know if it's a problem, but it's something that I've observed. It's that he came back on Agents of Shield I actually am with you that I thought his return arc on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is excellent because they got a lot of mileage out of the fact of him being like, I was dead and now I'm back and I don't understand. And like, there was a lot. It was a lot done. And I like that. What I don't know how I feel about, and maybe you can help me figure out my my take on this, is that his return is never referenced in the movies. Like, they continue to move on as if he is still gone. And I just, it's always bothered me that we didn't get that scene of, I mean, basically the whole the whole motivation for the Avengers in the second half of their first movie is to avenge Coulson. And then he's back and we never get acknowledgement of that from Cap and Iron Man and Thor. And that always kind of no, stuck right. with no. me. And, yeah. and, and that is definitely something that I think that fans should be disappointed with. And I don't think that that came from a place of bad writing. I think that came from an inability to do so. I mean, I mean, we, you know, we know, especially now from, from recent news that there was a fracture. There was a divide between the TV universe and the cinematic universe, right? There's not a whole lot that, that, that I think we, or even a lot of the creators within the space can do about that. Obviously now at this point at all, I think that the the show did what it could to to try and make that that wound reconcile reconcile a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I just off the top of my head recall a uh, a scene where Sith guest stars. Yes, I do and, remember you know, that. Says mm-hmm. says that Thor will spoke be spoke highly you know, of him. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, would, is going to be 
elated to hear that you're all right. And he basically, you know, Colson's like, eh, maybe we shouldn't, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not, you know, the best thing that that, that could have came out of it, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I think they did with it what they could. And hopefully going forward now with the way that Disney Plus is being integrated into the MCU, um, obviously I don't think they, there's anything they can do about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but uh, hopefully we won't have instances like that. Uh, I mean, Colson was back in flashback form in Captain Marvel. Like, we had young Colson in Captain Marvel. So it's not yeah. like it's impossible for him to be in the movies. I just like, yeah, and I don't want to get in the larger discussion of Marvel movies and TV disconnect because that's a whole other thing. But I guess I was always of two minds because I was like, well, this is such great motivation for the Avengers in the movie, and I don't really want them to, I don't want that to be undermined. And I think my larger sense is that if you're doing deaths in movies and TV, I'm actually, believe it or not, as, as, as hardcore as I was about Barry Allen last segment, I would say I'm more forgiving of characters coming back in comics, if only because of the sheer volume of comics. Mm. Like, yeah, there's hundreds of stories. Like, Barry Allen being gone for 20 years gives you hundreds of stories without Barry Allen that you can tell. But with movies and TV, since they don't come out as frequently, if you kill Coulson off in one movie and then bring him back a few months later, you're not really getting a lot of mileage out of that death. Um, though I do, again, I will say, I do believe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a really good job taking the fact that they didn't ignore that he had died, is what I'm saying. They, it, it, it was never just like, oh, and he's back, and we're going to keep doing stories as usual. I remember the first couple seasons, they were driven in large part by Coulson trying to understand his resurrection and why he was back. And I think that was, that kind of made up for the fact, any, any negative feelings I had about the resurrection. Now, now to to your point though about uh, you know undermining or or not really making sense in certain characters to come back. The one that I am currently on the fence about is uh, Loki's uh, uh, resurrection, mm. you know, through time travel mm-hmm. stuff, and for the Disney Plus show. Because personally, you know, not that he couldn't have more stories. Obviously, he can, but especially Loki as a supporting character and, and being such a staple for Thor at the end of uh, or at the beginning of, of Endgame, you know, was, was very important. And right. The whole time travel to, to undo it, to me, a little bit lazy. We'll see what they do with the Loki series, uh, but but that's one that I definitely feel it's like it, it's more like, well, Tom Hiddleston's such a great Loki, and the fangirls give us so much money, we can't not continue to use it. Right. I, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar place about uh, the Gamora resurrection in Endgame. Uh, oh, but, but see consequences there sure. because because now we get to see uh you know from star lord's perspective what he's lost yeah right it's not just like oh she's back and heavily ha- happily ever after sure now. so there's 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 some potential there i think there could i think there's gonna be good stories coming out of it i have all the faith in the world and the people making these films mm-hmm. but I brought it up just because it kind of dinged me in the same way you talked about the Loki time travel that's, stuff being a little fair. bit of a cheat. I was like, well, that's a little bit of a cheat just to bring another version of her forward. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, uh, unfortunately, we are uh, at the end of our time here today. But uh, we'll worry, guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, should we let them know? Should I think we, we should. Yeah, let's let's tease it up, man. I think so, too. Next week, we are going to have uh, a pair of very special guests on here. They are the creators of the original 90s X-Men animated series. I am so excited. Yeah. I told Norris, and he freaked is he gonna, out. Is he going to come on? Uh, he's not going to come on. I, yeah. I think we already have a full house. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do, I'm, we sure, do. I'm sure if I offered the invitation, he would. But he If you guys were in the office, he would be peering over the, uh, the corner. 
Turn yeah, absolutely would. So make sure that you tune in next week, guys. Same other identity channel, same other identity time.